Day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Short and sweet, baby. The cats are back. We're going to be tournament bound. It is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. And we are not alone. Cat Skeller Social Club contributor. I mean, this is a partnership, partner, um, whatever you want to call it. He's a major part of what we're doing at the Cat Skeller Social Club. Find us on YouTube. Find our Discord channel. Brandon of Go Beer Cats is on the horn. How's it going, Brandon? Gentlemen, I'm uh, excited to be here right now. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sort of a in the middle of the Cincy Slang and Sandwich and uh, happy to, to, to be back on the show. It's been a minute since uh, I joined you, Coomer, last time when uh, Hummer was missing for a couple of months or something. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to talk some Bearcats hoops. We got great news today, gentlemen. Yeah, and I would argue that I've been missing the past few weeks, but alas, we are back. Brandon just cracked a Cincy light. It is pure. I'm going to go ahead and crack a Trogues Mad Elf. Compliments of Moscato. Not the wine. Moscato's a wine, right? Red? Tell me, how it's a, it's a very sweet, white, dessert, desserty wine. Oh, a sweet white. Here, I'm going to go ahead and show people the pour here. Yeah. The Dewey's, nah. this, this Dewey's pint glass is actually something they give to you on your birthday. If you celebrate your birthday at Dewey's, they will give you a pint glass. At least they did to me. Dewey's sell, me this, sell me that pint glass, Coomer. How great is that pint glass? Is it nice and thick? Is it weighty? Um, it's, I love drinking from it. I use it on a regular basis. Dewey's, not a sponsor, but could be. <laughs> the big news. Let's let's talk about the big news, fellas. I guess I need to take a sip. Oh, it you know, you're not as fiery as, uh, you're not a, you're not as fired up as I expect you to be about this news. I'm incredibly fired up um, since hearing the news that the NCAA discovered new information that led to uh, Aziz Bandego's waiver being cleared. Aziz Bandego. Aziz Bandego has been cleared to play basketball for the University of Cincinnati. And it is an immense immense development how feel we gentlemen like i, I said gentlemen, go ahead Coomer. go go ahead hummer go ahead go ahead i'll feel great because i already thought coomer have gone back and forth on this i thought without aziz bandago this team was a bubble team and i think some and granted i've said this before and people give me crap grief for it we haven't played the greatest of competition but playing in KU, we, we played the, the revenge game. They're also projected to finish pretty high in Horizon League. You know, we looked really good against them. I was still confident this was a bubble team. Now I'm convinced this is going to be a full-on tournament team. We're not going to be on the bubble. We're going to get called Selection Sunday for the first time in a while. I have a lot of faith in I am I am just I'm buying all the Cincy shares I can buy right now. Are you just as high, it. Brandon? Are you cloud nining with us? Cloud nine. Like I texted you, gentlemen, earlier. It, uh, Christmas came early this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I cannot wait. I think. I think the product on the floor has has been 
uh, I mean, I've liked what I've saw so far. I, I have, you know, so, some, you know, uh, not complaints, but maybe some concerns, things to watch out for. Uh, and a lot of those things get wiped away now that Aziz is going to be on the floor starting this Wednesday at Georgia Tech, uh, which we can home, get into more. Home, not at Georgia home. Tech. That, oh, that guy not, is making his I'm, debut I'm, at Fifth Third Arena, my friend. True, true. I, I miss, I miss and I'm sorry. I don't, I'm reacting strongly because I'm going to be there. I'm, I, I'm screaming my ass off. Hell yeah. I, I, had, it's a perfect time for him to come then? back too. <laughs> I, will I have my tattoo by then? If All right. Months ago, what did I say? That if, if Wes Miller lands Aziz Bandego, I'm getting a fired, I'm fired up tattoo. Yep. And you know, part of me was hedging a little bit based on the fact that let's see, make, let's make sure he plays basketball for the University of Cincinnati. Like it was a tremendous risk. We're going to get into all this. It was a tremendous risk to go after two players, both front court players that needed waivers in this climate. But now that Aziz has been cleared and is going to be suiting up, I owe Wes Miller. I owe the University of Cincinnati. I owe the listeners of this podcast a fired up tattoo. And that will be happening. And good news, I'm off work this week. I will be walking my children to school. Uh, wife is in Australia. And so after that, I suppose I could just go find a tattoo parlor and get a fired up tattoo. So that is now tomorrow's plan is to have a fired up tattoo walking into Fifth Third Arena on Wednesday night. I want to talk a little bit about the real basketball effects of getting Aziz on the floor. I think Brandon alluded before, to the before fact. Before we do that, before we do that, I want to, I'm going to stay on this topic here for just a second. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking you should do this at B-listic tattoo and piercing Ooh. in Clifton, where where every you know 17, 18 year old girl goes to get her first piercing when when her when she's no longer has mom or dad supervising her uh, <laughs> out in the world. Now that you, your wife is gone, she's in Australia. You're basically gonna come home and she's gonna be like, you're gonna be like, honey, guess what? I'm fired up. And she's gonna be like, what'd you do? And you're just gonna you're gonna rip off that arm tattoo. And you can be like, babe, I'm just so fired up. She knows uh, about the tattoo. She does know about the commitment I made. She knows that she expected follow-through. She's someone that says, Hey, you have to be accountable for your words, you have to be accountable for your actions. We tell our kids this all the time. I said this thing, and now I need to to make do. I actually have a Bearcat tattoo already. And I got it in college. I'm not that pleased with the look of it. And so in my mind, I was going to spend a lot of time like getting a new revamped tattoo and have someone like sprucing it up, make it a little more exciting to look at. It's just I don't have there's too many things moving and happening in the world for me to make time for that. So we go in lower back then we go in tramp stamp fired yeah, up. I don't know. You know, Inner thigh. just shaft. Just going to put it right on the shaft. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. I, I say be listed because that's that's also the place where all of our friends who say they're going to get piercings for punishments uh, go. Shout out to to Travis Travis Thaw for for getting his belly button pierced that be listed tattoo. And all right. So now we'll have a second person going to be listed tattoo for for their uh, to back up their words. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this to Brandon here in a second to get some expanded thoughts on on everything that we're, we're going to grapple with now that Aziz Bandego's on the court for the Bearcats. I'll say this as, as that happens, I'm going to put out a tweet to see if there's anyone who's got an open booking tomorrow. Maybe there's any, maybe there's a potential listener of the podcast 
who's a tattoo artist. Maybe there's someone who knows a guy or a gal. I, I'd prefer it to be someone who's good at their craft, sanitary, preferably. Um, <laughs> you know, I just I'd like to come out of this uh, not deathly ill or infected. That's the goal. Um, but I am incredibly fired up, and so I will deliver on that, and I will be walking in a fifth third with the fired up tattoo. I'm I'm manifesting it by saying it here on the podcast. Let's talk real basketball. I want to hear more about the concerns you may have had about this team early on, because I would say at 4-0, watching some of the performances, especially the most recent one against NKU, we saw this Bearcat team truly let us down at, at an incredible level last season when they lost to NKU. That was a devastating L. It was so devastating that I was sending texts to Hummer before the game even started on Sunday. In, in the darkest place you can be, which is like, what if we lose? Like, what you can't lose to NKU twice in a row. But what if we lose? Just terrified, sad. I hate to even share this. It, it makes me feel vulnerable and weak. But now with Aziz Bandega into the fold, after a performance where they beat NKU 90-66, to 66, Daniel Skilling's played out of his mind. He's been ferocious on the boards. The development in his game is evident. I'd say there's still there's actually still a lot of work to be done with him. He's so talented that it just he's still contributing in all of these different ways. We're seeing Vic Locken two games in a row, double double, hitting three pointers. John Newman's back in the lineup, and John Newman does appear to have been a very significant loss to last year's team. There's already reasons to be excited. I'm not even talking yet about Day Day Thomas, Jizzle James. There's so many reasons to be excited about this team. And now we're injecting, in my mind, one of the top three portal transfers in college basketball this year. And he joins the team on Wednesday. So game theory to me, Brandon, where Aziz is going to come in and make an immediate impact and why fans should be this excited. Well, it's on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like if, if you look at his numbers that from his every year, his numbers in almost every category that means anything has, has gotten way better. And if you look at his last year at Akron to his year at Utah Valley, like we're talking about a jump from 40 blocks in a season at his last year at Akron to 106 blocks at Utah Valley. So if, if he could just match what he did on he's missed the first four games okay but if you could just match that those that sort of season output uh this year like we're talking about one of the best shot blockers that we've seen in a bearcats uniform probably the best one since justin jackson uh and he has with his body and his build he has much more potential to to have a, a bigger effect we're talking about a guy that has led his team in rebounding every single game last year except for five uh, season high of 17 rebounds per game multiple times. In years past, we've seen West Miller teams be vulnerable on the boards, especially uh, on the offensive side of things. In our first game this year and in years past, we've seen layup lines to the bucket and teams just score at will. Both of those things are almost instantly fixed with Aziz Bandango. Just smiling, just happy. Feel warm inside. I almost want to cry. Hummer, what's got you? What's got you fired up about the the Aziz presence? What are you most looking forward to on Wednesday when you turn on the TV and watch him on the court for the first time? Honestly, I'm, I'm more I'm more excited to see how he affects the lineups that we're seeing, 
how we're mm-hmm. seeing different guys can be able to shift into different roles. You know, we heard about Victor Lockin practicing a three, a three shot three ball. And, you know, he did, he did a better job of it than, than a professional that I know on a former professional on the 76ers who refused to learn how to, how to shoot a three pointer while getting paid the league maximum Ben Simmons. Um, random Ben Simmons stray. Relax my guy. Jeez. Well, it's because I was getting into it. I remember talking to you like a long time ago about a Victor lock and with the skill set he possesses. If he, if he were to able to, to develop that type of shot, big men who can shoot for threes, that's really rare. And to develop that, that's something that later on down the road, it gets you places. It gets you places in professional basketball being his size, being able to drop threes. And, and it opens up the the possibilities of what this roster can do. So having having this the freedom of guys can be able to play different roles, moving around, not just being like you have to be the five because you're 6'11". We have this guy who's going to come in. He's going to bring energy. He's going to crash the board. He's going to rebound for it. He's going to, going to block shots. Uh, I'm really just excited to see how it just the dynamic of the team can change around that. Yeah, there's, there's options of true twin towers lineups now with this team where Lockin is not the athlete or doesn't have the explosiveness of Aziz Bandego, but he has shown a pretty solid ability around the rim to affect shots, not at the most elite level, but at a solid level. And I think through the first four games or so, a we've seen Victor Lockin able to play defense and play extended minutes. He played 30 minutes against NKU without one foul. He's been able to extend his minutes without getting in foul trouble. But that worried me to an extent because it made me think Odie and Vic have so much pressure on them in the front court just to be available that it could lead to soft defense. It could lead to more layups and less contests simply because they know they need to be on the court. They know they need to be available. The only only, only other big at the time for the first four games that was available was Sage Tolentino, who's simply not ready for the minutes. And if he was, he would be, you'd be seeing him out there more. He was injured against NKU, but before that, you're not really seeing him get extended work. And that's because by all, you know, for what, from what we've heard, Sage is a project. Sage has got work to do, and it doesn't mean he's not going to become an effective player or could be a rotational guy in the future. But as it stands, we needed more depth in the front court specifically. And so instantly you, by, by injecting Aziz into the lineup and hopefully we'll be adding Reynolds down the line too. That's, that's a different conversation, but you you already you have so much more depth now. You allow Victor and Odie and Aziz to play more aggressive. You can theoretically stagger Aziz and Lockins minutes in a way that you're always having elite rim protection on the floor. And with Vic now hitting some three-point shots, there is likely some more compatibility with Vic and Aziz on the floor at the same time, which is wild to think about because what you know based on dan horde's comments based on wes's comments at the at the uh, cincy reigns fundraiser aziz is a monstrous defensive player and we've talked about that at length brandon hit on that i i threw out the hyperbole of aziz being the best rim protects protector in clifton since Kenyon martin played basketball in cincinnati i think that's what you're looking at he's a one-man wrecking crew defensively but what dan horde hit on what Wes Miller's hit on. He's also one of the most elite rim runners they've seen ever, period. Catching and finishing, slamming down alley-oops. His vertical abilities, running into the paint off a pick and roll from day-to-day, 
off of CMOS. I mean, his ability, the 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 gravity he's going to have simply running to the rim is going to open up shooters like CJ Frederick that much more. I, I can't think, I, I think it's undersold how important he's going to be offensively, which is not necessarily what I would have expected when we first landed him. And I was, I was giddy at landing him. It sounds like offensively, he's going to be that much more impactful than, than we realized too. Well, I mean, I don't know what the team's averaging points wise now. I know it's high seventies, maybe low eighties at this point right now. Uh, some of those, and then you're adding a guy who averaged like 10 and a half last year to a team that's already, you know, you know, the days of us scoring 59 points and winning seem to be far past us. So you're now you're, you're going to get better shots at a guy that can finish around the rim at a very high and elite level. I don't see how the points per game average doesn't go up with the addition of Aziz now as well. So I, I think we get better shots. We get easier shots. And I, I mean, I would look for him to at least, match what he was able to do last year at, at 10 plus points a game. We're already yeah. a top five rebounding defensive rebounding team in the country before adding Aziz and credit to Dan Skillings for everything he's done. His size, his length and his, his just tenacity on the offensive and defensive boards has been incredibly important for the Bearcats. Mm -hmm. But now you go from being a small team that's frisky on the boards to just a massive team that can straight up dominate teams and impose their will on the boards. It's going to be fun. That's all I can say. <laughs> There's more to say. I mean, I, it's, I, it's like it's, it's, you take a team where, like I said, I'm already as excited about it. And then you get your, the best, the crown jewel of the, of that portal recruiting class is now able to play. Like that, that's, that's what is happening here. And we, we, if it, we weren't even expecting it if it with with the waivers being declined twice until Big 12 play. We're getting it early, so we're gonna get that gel time in there. You're gonna get some, you know, playing against some competition that's not your your friend that you play against every day. So we're gonna be ready for Big 12 play, which is going to be amazing. I don't want to skip over December by any means, but January 6th is going to be a fun day playing BYU right it's going to be a lot of fun I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I can already see myself editing this podcast to cut it off where you <laughs> where Homer goes January 6th is going well, to be a time day. 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 yeah a lot of noise I'm a lot of action okay the January 6th all right it's going to be the greatest day all right <laughs> we're going to go in there we're going to storm we're going to storm the arena oh, we're going to demolish God. the competition it's all it's all well, so good. Hummer, before that, before we before we get to the uh, the rowdiness and the explosiveness that'll take place on January sixth, let's rewind <laughs> a little bit here. Let's we we have Aziz on the floor for three games before the crosstown shootout. Let's not let's not talk. Let's not pretend like this game doesn't matter and like they haven't worked us in Centos Center for you know going back for how long now. The, Aziz he gets three games under his belt before he gets baptized into the Crosstown shootout, and I, I, the timing—I'll I'll take it. If it was going to my be friend ready, Aziz is going to be doing the baptizing, my friend. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Dude, I'm just so ready for just for I just it just I feel it in my bones that this is going to be the game where Xavier is finally pissed off that we just don't miss three pointers. 
it's just going to rain fire in centos i just i just have that feeling this this year all signs I, are pointing i think that this team's ready to just physically impose their will on them i think we're going to do that to a lot of teams i we're, i want to get more into what we've seen in the first three games we're going to make our way into general basketball conversation i'm not ready to leave aziz yet but this guy just changes the complexity entirely of the team and you're getting a last year he was top 30 in the country in block percentage he was a top 70 top, roughly a top 70 defensive rebounder awesome offensive rebounder and these are things again that the bearcats have already done a solid job of this year victor Locken has been elite on the board so far this season top you're one, adding to that 100 you're almost adding to 100 that. on it's defense just, of 33 33 in the country for deep offensive rebounding percentage I wonder, you know, Aziz, Aziz is more nimble. I think, I don't know if it was you, if it was my dad, we were talking about the fact that we're not really pressing. I, you know, I thought that that might've been a component of West Miller basketball that we would see. And we just haven't seen it so far this year. I thought my, my hypothesis, and I'd be curious to get Brandon's thoughts, uh, given the, the basketball acumen you have from the coaching standpoint, I kind of chalked it up to the fact that a, we're super thin in the front court. It puts a lot of pressure on your front court players to be the anchor of the defense if they do in fact break the press that he didn't want to risk it. He didn't want to put Vic and Odie in unnecessary decision-making predicaments defensively. But additionally, I'm not sure if Vic has the athleticism you would want as the anchor of the press. I'm not positive on that. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Aziz might open up that door. Not for every lineup. You know, if you've got CJ Frederick or Lukosius on the, on the floor, maybe you're not as inclined to press, but when you go to these like super athletic lineups, with Aziz Bandego, either Day Day or Jizzle, Skillings, Newman, and uh, Odie. Uh, Odie. Like you've just got so many athletes on the floor that it could become now a more viable option. And I'll be interesting if that's something that, that Aziz Bandego's return opens up the door for. I do want to see more press. I, I think that's something that I complained about last year. And everyone's like, well, we just don't have the guys to do it. Uh, you know, we, we got to get, you know, these, not the Miller guys, but these, these prototypical guys that you need to, to run the press. So I'm like, all right, well, I think that we have that now we dev or we had that. I thought we, I thought we saw at times briefly here, we, we've seen some, some ball pressure, but certainly love to see more with the, the sort of athletic lineup you're talking about. I think it's, it's now's the time to definitely lay that on. I think, uh, Aziz and Odie on the floor at the same time. That's a, a a lot of a lot of defensive pressure, a lot of athleticism with some of the other guys that you named there. I don't know what his lineups will look like now. What you know with with the guys that are on the roster, or you know, there's who will lose a ton of minutes now or, or whatever. But it, it, the lineups that the potential of the lineups that we could see has is going to be super fun. I'm I'm excited to see what happens against Georgia Tech on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be curious to see who he how he shifts things around because I, you see it with Odie and Vic. They start the games together, but then Odie subs out pretty quickly because he wanted to stagger those two. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get Odie off the court so then he could, in fact, come in for Victor Lockett in a few minutes later. With, you know, I, I would expect that Victor Lockett is staying in the starting lineup based on play, based on what he's delivering on the court. I feel like he's earned the right to be on the court. Yeah. But I also know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like, Vic... Aziz, those are going to be your two primary front court players. And however he decides to start off the bench, whatever the case may be, 
I have a hard time fathoming Aziz Bandego coming off the bench. I just think his, he's too talented to to not get in there and try and get him as close to 30 minutes as possible. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him. Georgia Tech on Wednesday, I'd love to see them come out with the Twin Tower lineup from the get-go and let us, you know, put him in there with the normal starting lineup of Day-Day, um, Frederick, and Newman. And let's see, let's let this thing cook, man, because I think you've you know, got Vic shown the ability to stretch it, so he's actually a more compatible fit with mm -hmm. Aziz than Odie is based from that standpoint. Like he does give you the floor spacing you might need. And you kind of, you're sub you're, you're shifting Vic into this, this role of, Hey, you're not necessarily like going to need to be a go-to post player. We literally want you to be like the hustle spot up three junkyard dog player, which I think he could play really, really well with how long and, and effective he can be already. Yeah. I think Odie being that energy off the bench guy, I think that suits him, his game perfectly. We've got like uh, the number one Vic Lockin stand and then the number one Odio Guama stand on the we, same podcast. It's incredible. We do, yeah. just... Presid presidents of our, of our respective uh, fan clubs here. But yeah, Odie, I, I have no problem with, with coming off the bench. And what, like, let's take like the NKU game, for example. NKU, I thought, took, took it to uh, Vic right off the bat like even the the commentators were like this kind of seems out of character for nku they this is not something they usually try to do but it was pretty obvious that they were trying to take it to him get him in foul trouble early and get vic off the floor that he did a great job of not letting that happen but then we saw Odie pick up two quick fouls one of them super stupid like i thought i think it was like 90 feet from the basket but he's he's got two and then now all the pressure is on vic when you add this, when you add Aziz into the rotation now, okay, maybe someone does pick up two quick fouls and they got to sit. The the pressure to stay in the game, not foul, and still be able to play like aggressive defense is now is now there. So how seeing how teams attack this line, you know, the Bearcats now or what how they try to counter this will be kind of fun to watch too because the Bearcats just got much deeper. Right, and that's where like Vic Lockin did a great job staying out of foul trouble in that game. I don't mind some good fouls though. Like when teams are trying yeah. to get a layup on you, I don't want to see a layup line. I'd rather see us be confident enough to go up, challenge a shot, try and get the block. But if not, like it's okay to, if you have the, the correct depth, a well-timed hard foul in the lane is Bearcat basketball. Yeah, that is yeah. Bearcat basketball. Hummer, you watching NKU and then the other games this season, what is standing out to you? Like who, who has been your joy, your muse so far watching Bearcat basketball through four games? I mean, Victor Lockin has been my muse. <laughs> oh, Vic. Okay. Since I, we've, already been been, we've already been waxing poetic about him. Is there anyone else, though? I want to see if we can wax poetic about anybody else on this roster well, that sort of jumped out to you. I'll say one thing about Vic, and then I'll, I'll say the other guy that, that I've been kind of fawning over. With with Victor, with, with his staying out of foul trouble and still being a boss on both sides of the glass, that, I think, is somewhere where we've seen a big improvement from Victor, almost like we're, we're seeing that, that true leap that you're, that you expect to see out of your veteran guys uh, as, as they progress through their college careers. So I'm really, really excited to see, you know, that leap. And like you said, being able to have that freedom to just come in and, and smack a ball and, and foul someone basically a uh, lack of better purpose intentionally uh, just create, commit that hard foul is going to just, is going to be incredible. Uh, Day Day Thomas, I've been really liking Day Day. I was on I was on him from from the get go when we 
when we got him, I think we did a, a podcast about that where I was like, watch Day Day be this, the guy, the guy that's going to come in here. No one's, he's going to be the sleeper uh, coming from Juco, you know, not, not really kind of high on everybody's radar. I love watching him just fly around the court. He's, he's, I love just watching him just, just absolutely just zip, zip. It's, he's bouncy. It's, he's bouncy. He kind of like buzzes around the court with he's so light on the floor, quick, shifty. One thing he does need to do is keep his feet on the floor more. He, he this big, I've noticed the opponents can get him in the air quite easily. Uh, he's definitely been the, picked on defensively. He's the guy like I know, Brandon, you pointed out that NKU is attacking Vic in the post. I think that was sort of get him in foul trouble, get him off the mm -hmm. court. We want no part of this guy. Day Day gets attacked not to like get him in foul trouble, but it's like, hey, you're six feet tall, maybe, and you're lean, and we're just going to try and beat you up down low. And teams have succeeded doing that. I think it's one of the interesting. That's if we're talking about benefits of having Aziz Bandego back, you know what's nice to have when you've got a six foot point guard who's pretty easy to post up? How about a seven foot freak who can block everything in his, in his wingspan? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's another element mm -hmm. of protecting a point guard like Day Day. Who Hummer, you point out, like he has been a revelation. And to me, he one of the biggest question marks coming into the season with this basketball team was how do you replace productivity from your point guard position with David DeJulius? Now, David DeJulius, was he a three-year bearcat? Three-year bearcat. Had a had a nice stint here, great moments, some winning shots, stuck through, you know, some obviously very difficult times. And fan favorite, like just a guy who you is easy to root for, easy to pull for. I did grow tired of that step back jumper. I'm not, I'm not a step back, a step back jumper guy. Occasionally, maybe, but it almost seemed like David DeJulius learned that shot and could not stop doing that shot. It essentially, it came with eliminating his attacks to the basket. And Day Day Thomas and Jizzle James, for that matter, have brought attacking the rim back to the point guard position for the Bearcats. And it's, to me, it's a joy to watch, but it also seems really effective. Like it's actually worked really, really well. Yeah, he's been aggressive. Uh, and for all, even for the joking about him being off his feet, he's creating steals. Uh, he's he's getting to the basket. He's making those shots to the point where he's kind of, he's, he's rivaling Victor Lockett on that percentage on this two point, two point makes. And we know he's not getting all of his shots within five feet of the hoop. You know, or so, if he is, even if he is, he's six feet tall. Victor Lockin's yeah. six eleven, <laughs> right? <laughs> a little, little closer makes it makes it a little easier. So it, either way, he's aggressive, and I think that's something we've been missing on both sides of the ball from a point guard in a long time. Someone who's just aggressive. So I'm really, really happy with the play of Day Day Thomas. Want to keep seeing him just attack, 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 uh, and keep what do you, you know, keep 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 uh, getting the assist rate up. What have you seen so far from Day Day or the point guard position in general, Brandon? I mean, it's it's surprising. I was I was kind of thinking like to go back to the press like the press question if we're, if we're going to apply pressure on defense, we still might not do that. Now that I'm thinking about it, because we are thin at at that position, right? You're not going to wear down the, the two guys that, that you have to to bring the ball up the floor with. What we got there, Coomer? What we got there? We got a little great, great lakes Christmas ale. I should have had a Cincy Light for the occasion, but I got to say, I put a lot of it's a lot of holiday, a lot of holiday beers. Uh, because Christmas came early. We uh, Christmas came. You're, you're on brand tonight, man. Nothing Merry Christmas, everyone. 
<laughs> um, this but one's I, for you, Tiny Tim. <laughs> I, I think you're you're spot on with the uh, with the jump back. Uh, I think that's it's a. Um, I, I don't I don't know what sort of uh, analogy that I'm, I'm trying to think of here, but it's 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 addicting. Like when when you can pull off the step back, it's addicting to where that's the only thing that you want to do. He, the uh, Julius is not the only uh, guard or player to, to, you know, fall victim to that. Uh, I, I think the, uh, it ruined ending. James Harden. Like it literally yeah, yeah. ruined James Harden. Yeah. I, I was worried that yeah. it might ruin Luka Doncic guys who can do it. It yeah. is an amazing shot. Like if you can do the yeah. step back, it is an amazing shot. And I understand how it feels good to make it. It ru- it can ruin you though. Like leaning on mm-hmm. that shot too much. It is in fact settling. And when yeah. you settle too often, it makes you less efficient. It's just, it's not a good answer. So it's okay here and there, but not as the go-to move. Yeah. I mean, to, for that to be the only thing that you you have in your tool bag, it's, that's a red flag. Uh, as far as the two guys that we have on the, uh, now what are you sipping on Hummer? <laughs> I'm, I'm like a, I'm like an, a, a booze, like squirrel. Like what's this? A little Elijah Craig. Ooh. Okay. That, he's, you know, he's a pretty classy guy. Pretty classy. Yeah. <laughs> What's, what are your thoughts on the Christmas sale, Brandon? Are you a Christmas sale guy? Uh, yeah. I'm, there's very few beer styles that I'm I'm not a fan of. Okay. Uh, you know, pumpkin, uh, Christmas ale, what what have you. Uh, if it's it's seasonal, I'll, I'll drink it. I had plenty of those Matt Elfs with Nick himself at the Delhi Liquor Store this past Wednesday. I would have loved, uh, loved, loved, loved to join you guys. I didn't think it was appropriate for me to haul my children out there and then drive them home after three or four Matt Elfs. Might be uh yeah, you're you're right about that for okay. sure. For Didn't sure. seem like uh, a good life decision. But are there any other Christmas type beers, like seasonal beers you'd recommend as we head into Thanksgiving slash Christmas season? What are your go-tos? I'm like, I'm gonna turn this into a beer interview. Where what are your go-to winter beers? I, I should probably pull up uh untapped to answer this, but I got right off the top of my head, Mad Tree makes a beer called Thunder Snow. It's been mm-hmm. delicious since the day that they brewed it. Like since like I think it was like one of their original core beers. Uh, nice. That it's a go-to for sure. Um, I mean, Matt Elf is. I, I was talking to Nick. I was like, man, I was like, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I, I gave this a five out of five like eight years ago. Like this is this has been a good beer. So Matt Elf for sure. Um, oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look it up. You put me on the spot. Oh, I love it. Well, you came up with a good answer there. You got the what was yeah. it called? The Thunder Snow from Madry. Madry. I haven't tried that. It's it's a Scotch ale, I think. So kind of kind of off the beaten path, maybe for. Oh, I like Scotch ales. To, yeah, so that's solid. Now, if now now we're going to go on a tangent here. If you like Scotch ales, the best one in the city belongs to Grainworks in um, Westchester. Mm-hmm. They have a beer called. Uh, bagpipes of bardstown it's a barrel aged scotch ale one of my favorite beers in the entire city wow all right Phenomenal. i got some uh journeys to make this weekend yeah say that name one more time Grainworks that, and the great yeah Grainworks. the now it's you got to check to see if they have it because they don't always it usually comes okay. in like the bomber bottles it's bagpipes of bardstown the bagpipes of bardstown yeah beautiful can we wax poetic about Daniel Skillings for a few minutes? Can we? Do, I, 
I, I was worried that the 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 our fans as fans our expectations were going to be too high for him this year. Like yeah. I know, like he's super athletic. He's he's shown flashes last year of having you know all these you know great moves you know in flashes, not to be able to put together a complete games. Uh, and so I was I was kind of worried. I was like, man, I hope he comes on strong and and doesn't disappoint. But so far, he's he's definitely met or exceeded expectations. It's, NKU especially was especially beautiful. Yeah, and he's had games where he's less effective scoring the ball, but he is attacking this year. Like his baseline attacks have been effective in the sense that he basically gets a good shot almost every time. And it seems like it's more a matter of, hey, increasing your efficiency in terms of finishing the shot rather than getting the shot. His mm-hmm. length is evident on the court. He attacks the the boards like a classic Cincinnati Bearcat player. Like mm-hmm. absolutely tenacious attacking the offensive glass rebounds exceptionally well. That was huge for this team early on when you've got, uh, um, you know, a dearth of big men with a Z's back. Maybe there's less pressure, but the fact I'd hope he continues to attack the same way. And I think he will. It stood out to me as freshman season that he attacked the boards super hard. He plays like a blue collar player, but he has a skill set that can turn into like a classic, go-to type score. I don't think we're going to see that version of Daniel Skillings this season, but Daniel Skillings and the experience of watching him as a Cincinnati Bearcat is very like classic college sports. He came in as like a, a moderately, you know, it's not like he was a nobody, decently rated out of high school, highly, you know, highly talented, let's say, but it wasn't like a one and done prospect. He's a guy who came in with a lot of work to be done. And now here we are, year one to year two, an obvious jump is happening. His effort is awesome. He plays hard. Does he make mistakes? Yes. But I'm I'm seeing clear evidence of putting in work in the offseason. I'm seeing an incredible attitude on the court, super likable personality off of it. And he, Daniel Skillings, is essentially the embodiment of what I'm loving about this team. No matter what... All of my thoughts and feelings over how Wes Miller coached the first two seasons in 2023, he's putting a team on the court that I love watching. I love watching this team. Before Aziz came back, I would have told you I wasn't, I did not look at it as a tournament team. Didn't matter. I loved watching this team and I love watching them every single game. They play hard. They play together. There's no ego. They they're, they're unselfish. It is a beautiful, wonderful team to watch. And with Aziz in the fold, yes, tournaments back in play. Yes, expectations in terms of what you're delivering, in terms of results, winning, lose, go up for Wes Miller. But in terms of how the team is playing, I love it. I absolutely love watching this team so far. Kimmer, do you love watching this team play? I love it. I love watching this team play more than I even love drinking this Christmas ale. Uh, I'm I'm just happy to hear you say that you you've been it's like we switched roles for a while when it came to like the football and basketball where I just went super super dark in basketball though I was just like I, I it's like I'm here I'm here for the light I'm glad to see you're out you're you're back on board I'm glad it's to different see you're this year huh? like you can't argue it's it's different this year this is a this I has been a, a rebuilt roster without process. Ego's gone. Of this process. Ego's in Arkansas. It's gone. 
Like you I said, what? I think we're seeing. I, we're I starting to see that his, that's too. That's too mean. The the point is you don't though, need to edit anything out. Is they're he, channeling. I'm not going to edit shit. They they are channeling. They are channeling the spirit of basketball that I love watching and that I've loved watching as a UC fan. The defense isn't at the level that, you know, I, I think it can be. I think it could be now. Everything changes now that we've got the the big 55 in the paint. But the 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 buy-in of the team, the fact that you don't really get a lot of moping on the court, they all seem like Jizzle James. I haven't talked about him. I love what I'm seeing with Jizzle James. Classic freshman point guard. The body's there. The athleticism's there. The skill set is there. The decision-making is not always there. And it will come. He's kind of like Daniel Skilling's, probably a little more game-ready than Daniel was his freshman season. But, like, this is another guy who could come in and you can see him grow with the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I hope that's what we're seeing with Wes Miller, where he's like, I bring in freshmen, and they're going to grow with the Cincinnati Bearcats program, and you're going to get to enjoy this sort of classic college basketball experience of having guys stay with you for four years grow with you develop with you and as juniors and seniors you just get to be over the moon about where they've come from being an 18 year old to a 22 year old playing incredibly high levels of basketball but i they're so likable that i just i'm not bent out of shape over the mistakes i'm not bent out of shape over um what they can't do i'm more i'm more focused on what they can do and it's because of how how well they're playing together and just the spirit of the team i think well, like Aaron Rodgers, man. I've been to it. What is what is that thing that Aaron Rodgers takes eat eats, drinks? What is it? Uh ayahuasca? I've enjoyed some ayahuasca and, and watched the Bearcats, and I'm just like, whatever, man. It's all great. The spirit of the team is incredible. I know Brandon Brandon said he has to he has to sign off here. Oh, uh, I do have to sign off, gentlemen. I'm I'm excited to uh, to see uh, how things uh, switch up a little bit on Wednesday as we play Georgia Tech at home, and uh, I certainly uh, talk to you guys more in the Discord. Are Cheers. you going to the game on Wednesday, Brandon? I'm going to try to go to the game. I've not okay. uh, got tickets or anything. I I know that they're still available and plenty of people uh, have them. Uh, if I have my way, I will be there. I haven't been. You'll to be a there. Game Give yet. me a call. We'll have a halftime beer. Hundred percent. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks Cheers. for joining us today. Cheers, buddy. All right. Cheers. So what I, what I, what I, what I want to go back to is what I think what we're seeing is that there's only one piece of this team. I guess technically, would it be two? I don't think John. What well, John Newman wasn't a uh, a Brandon guy, was he? No. Vic so Lockett is the only Brandon guy on the team. So I think we're seeing all of that is weeded out we're seeing all of the guys that Wes has recruited we're seeing the portal guys that we've gotten in and not only that they're high quality portal guys so this was i don't think we i don't what i don't think we're seeing is just a piecemeal team here i, I think we're actually seeing a semi version of what Wes wants and i think we're starting to see Wes's culture and personality come through and with this squad so that's where you know when we go talking about the coaches and the process and you got to let it go through, you know, I think it's important to remember that Wes Miller picked up in the words of, of Mr. Rothstein, the Bearcats program at an all time low or at, at rock bottom. Right. And so here we are today. I don't think this, I think we've, we've, we've gotten a lot of good talent. We got a lot of fun players to watch. We can coalesce around this team as fans. I think fifth third is going to become a nasty place to play again. 
uh, as it has been in the past. I think the vibe on Wednesday is going to be electric. I mean, maybe I'm wrong because it's the day before Thanksgiving. I could be wrong about that. For those in maybe with the students, I, with the students, I'm already backtracking from that statement. I do think that people are going to be fucking pumped about having I, Aziz on the court. I, I think I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a it's literally going to it's one of those times where if you're a young Bearcat fan. And I, this is like a theme, I guess, I've been hitting on lately with with the football team and saying, "Oh, well, we." Grew, all the people say, "Well, we only grew up knowing like UC football." Welcome back to basketball because it's about to get fun. I think we're about to go through a period of awesome UC hoops. I think the recruiting is just getting started in terms of what we're going to start landing. Uh, Dude, it's it's exciting. I, we didn't even talk about the fact that Day Day Thomas, six foot nothing Day Day Thomas, tries to dunk on everyone. <laughs> he tries to snatch every soul on the court. Jizzle James has athleticism. Daniel Skillings is above the rim. Aziz Bandego is going to throw down some of the most ferocious dunks we've seen since Jason Max Heel. Like this is, it's officially becoming a just a, oh, Newman, Newman. This team's Newman. exciting, dude. Here's my favorite part about Dan, Dan Skillings. He's not short by any means at 6'6", but he is the second best rebounder on this team. He's nasty. He's nasty. He's nasty. So much. Do, my advice to fans. Do not hyper focus on what Dan Skillings cannot do at this point. Do not hyper focus on the mistakes he makes in decision making on the court. Focus on what he does because he does so much good on the court right now. The effort is tremendous. I just what have we been? I can't tell you enough. That's that's my experience right now. It feels it feels amazing watching this team. I'm loving every minute of watching this team. We we've said this for the past three four years. Rebounding has been atrocious. We haven't had rebounding. People aren't getting. Uh, they weren't. We're expressing energy on that on, on on rebounds, whether it's offensive or defensive glass. And right now, we're seeing at least three guys that are rebounding at a pretty high, borderline elitish level. Right, we're getting ready to crack the top one hundred on three guys on defensive rebounding rates. Like that's we haven't had that in a long time. That was something where. Here's what Mick Cronin's teams were good at defense and rebounding. They aren't always the prettiest on offense. So if we get a team that's going to come here and play, play solid defense, I don't think I don't actually have any mis perceptions that West Miller is going to produce an elite defensive squad ever. Uh, but I think that what do you think we can control I don't, that? Front? I don't agree with that statement ever. I just don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to go He's there. supposed to be a defense defensive coach. I've, we're seeing Ever. an offensively. He's got Aziz Bandego in the front court. We should be in elite defense now. I'm just saying it. We should. Fine. If we do it, then it's exceeding my expectations. I just caught I'm myself the... like half listening there and like, wait, did he just say never have an elite <laughs> defense? He should definitely have an elite defense. I mean, it's not bad this year. I mean, we're only rated number 39 in the country. That's good. That's good. That's without Aziz Bandego. It should be an elite defense. But we're also 66 on offense, which is really good. All right. Everything everything with the Bearcats so far is looking really good. I got to be honest. It's looking really good. There's nothing that's and... not looking good. I want to give Wes some flowers. And I want to, this is something that I think you'll be interested in talking about. And then we're going to kind of pivot the conversation into a little bit more of a Cincy slang and territory. Okay. Let's go. Wes Miller had a lot of reasons to not go after Aziz Bandego. We've talked about it on past podcasts. We've alluded to it. 
there were forces at play that would discourage Wes Miller from pursuing Aziz Bandego. You've already landed Jamil Reynolds, landed Jamil Reynolds. You can you actually afford to recruit another front court player who will be a two-time transfer who may not get approved to play this season? That was a that was a legitimate risk. Frankly, the odds were on Jamil Reynolds and Aziz Bandego not playing this season. Aziz will now be playing, and I certainly hope Jamil Reynolds will be too. And frankly, we'll get to the NCAA after this. They are a clown show. And the playbook is out there now, folks, to literally get your guy approved so long as you <laughs> play their idiotic game of threatening to sue the shit out of them. That's all you got to do. Get your attorney general of your of your respective state on board to sue their asses, and they will fold like a cheap tent. That is the playbook. Follow it, and your guy's going to play. What I want to get back to with Wes, though, Hummer, is I heard all you know the the word around the street of like, the administration from a, from an athletic department standpoint, there's pressure there to not go after a guy like Aziz Bandego. There's, there's folks in his ear trying to discourage it. And before he gets cleared, when you're someone who's sitting from the fan perspective, it's easy to hear that and to say, well, that's kind of dumb. Like why, why is he taking that idiotic risk? Why is he doing it? We've been on the podcast talking about the fact that Aziz Bandego, his talent is worth the risk. So I want to say, I was never in the camp of you can't do this, but there was risk to it. And there were forces at play that would have discouraged Wes Miller from going for it. And the level of confidence verging on arrogance that Wes Miller displayed in his pursuit of Aziz Bandago should be admired. And honestly, it makes me more confident in him as a head coach moving forward knowing that he is essentially beyond people talking him out of the big ideas he has, talking him out of the, the plan that he's going to set forth on and fighting the fight to get the talent he's recruiting onto the court. And so I just want to say that the way this has transpired, the boldness he showed in going after Bandego, the fact that he ignored advice from other people who may have said not to do it, and the fact that he fought for it every single presser publicly, loudly, clearly, concisely. I'm way more confident in Wes Miller moving forward as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times. You've already mentioned it. You know, I don't want to call anybody's anybody in particular's, you know, comments out, but you know, we're, we're basically asking if, you know, the, the juice is, is worth the squeeze. And we said, absolutely a hundred percent it is because this is what, this is what comes to fruition. If you take that risk, we already had a good squad. Now we have a better squad out in the transfer portal. It wasn't obvious if there's another player out there with, with the ability of like Aziz to come in here and transform the roster and what we're about this. I think what we're about to witness in, and seeing with the results on the court and what we're going to see with different lineups being played out and what other guys are able to transition to in roles and, and just a lot of the flexibility that this is going to give us. So you got to applaud Wes Miller for, for going out there and taking that risk. But at the same time, this has been his MO from the beginning. He's not shying away from recruiting anybody. He, he seems to want to put the best talent on the court. That's what his goal is. He's not shying away, even not just in the transfer portal, but when it comes to 
normal recruiting classes. You do not see him shying away from the big fish. You do not see him shying away from a top, top, you know, top recruit in the class. He's not, he's not afraid to go after that. And as we keep getting this talent in, as these guys keep down, as we keep winning, it's going to get easier to land these recruits, even with NIL. Cause there's one thing I know about Cincinnati is they love our, we love the basketball team. Donors love the basketball team. The money will the money will follow when the wins when the win, wins roll in. The money so, already came in. The money yeah. already came in, huh? You know what I mean? Like yeah, Wes Miller. Here, that's that's the thing about him. He's doing this job really well from a from a politics standpoint in terms of rallying the funds that he's going to need to compete and to recruit and entice the best players. He did that with Reynolds and and Bandego. You know, you've got upwards of like a million bucks there sitting on the bench. You know, before they were cleared, now they're on the court. These are the investments he's able to solicit from from a very dedicated fan base that loves UC hoops. And there's yeah. reason we love it, man. Like there's history. Listen to how we're talking about this team. Like it, it isn't always like this. There's plenty of times to be critical of the team in the past, not just for Wes Miller, but for others. Oh, we have. I mean, and we have, and that's it. why. That's why to me it's different. Like what I'm seeing this season. I don't know what the end result's going to be. I like to think that this team could compete to get us back in the NCAA tournament come March. I think that's possible, especially with Aziz on the court. I think that's legitimately possible now. But it's actually fun to watch Cincinnati Bearcats basketball again. This team is fun. This team has everything I want with the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team. We're going to get to early January. I'm not going to say the date again. And we're not going to play a squad that's less than a hundred in Kempom. The Kempom numbers, I've, I've hesitated to, to, they're fucking outrageous. But I'm, yeah, I'm bringing that up though, because in previous years, that's, that would be terrifying for us. It would result in a not favorable outcome. Right now we're projected at 19 and 12 via, via Kempom. That, we're going to come in. We're going to win some of these games. We are going to come in and we are going to win a lot of these games. That's yeah, that's just are. what's that's what's just going to happen. We're that's going not to even win a lot of that's these not games. even just random fans saying that though, huh? Like that's that's the metrics of Ken Palm, and we don't even know if that's factored in the fact that the fifty-five yeah. beast is arriving on Wednesday. It's Which exciting, I would, folks. I would imagine it's not because he he wouldn't show up in any of the. He's not showing up in any of the metrics he's not showing up in player stats he's not showing right up in so that's a reflection of the fact that Wes miller has this team actually playing very very well that nku yeah. game that nku game should turn some heads you know that team is uh i mean look at the 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 usage rates jizzle james has the highest usage rate on the team not that shocking but it's 28 like this is not a this team does not rely on any one player to be the, the stalwart for what's happening on offense. I think it's why you've seen some droughts offensively during games because there isn't the guy to necessarily give the ball to and end a drought. You can't just throw it to Jaron Cumberland and, and ask him to go to the hoop and get a bucket. But otherwise, in the flow of a game, it's very democratic. It's very, it's, it's just team ball, man. It's completely team ball. Lukosius is coming off the bench. I don't see any red flags in terms of his attitude because of that. I'm sure he didn't expect to come off the bench, but he's doing it and doing it well. And frankly, Lukosius is a guy who hasn't really had that game yet, 
that game's coming. Lukosius is a good player. He's mm-hmm. someone who can get a good shot at any given moment. He makes some of the best passes off his drives. And we're not even talking about him much because he he hasn't really popped yet. He hasn't had the game where it kind of breaks out, but it's there. We can see it. The shot's not falling at the clip you would expect it to. But the, it's there's a there's a there's a talent there that's evident. And when he's on the court, outside of that first game against Illinois Chicago, when he's on the court, the team offensively is performing exceptionally well. He's he's had offensive ratings off the charts simply by being out there. It's the CJ Frederick effect. Another guy we haven't mentioned, but there's certain guys when you put them out there, your offense performs better because of the threat. Now we're putting a new threat on the court in Aziz Bandego. It's just going to make the team better. It's all upside. And Jamil Reynolds coming aboard. I'm assuming that'll happen because now we know exactly what you need to do to, to make the NCAA do exactly what they should do. So it's just a matter of games, maybe weeks, I suppose, but super exciting, super pumped. Maybe I won't be retiring from podcasting after all. <laughs> I'm not going to let you retire. If if it's not, even if it's not on a weekly, weekly basis, I'm not letting you full out, flat out retire. More to come. I don't accept, I won't accept, I won't accept your resignation. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> your letters are no good here. <laughs> Alas, I'm, uh, I'm excited. We'll, uh, let's do a post game reaction on Wednesday. Let's talk. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to the game, so I guess it might have to be a little bit later. But if you're up for well, it, let's 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 just see. Let's just see how it goes. Let's 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 reconvene after the holiday okay. on on December third. Okay, I will not. Or oh, sorry, let's, now. we'll do we'll do we'll do we'll do Tuesday, November twenty eighth. Are you traveling for the holidays? I'm going up to Westchester on Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Um, but more along the lines of if we want to hop on for a quick one, we can we can discuss what what the what our what our thought was seeing seeing Aziz and excitement. But I was gonna say we could also do Sunday. Uh, I've been dying to uh, get my dad to do a podcast. Great basketball takes. Great Bearcat basketball takes. Great basketball Bearcat basketball historian. He's going to the game with me on Wednesday. I might walk and talk with him on x.com assuming that we did you know just blow out georgia tech disease bandago lit the world on fire we might have to go ahead and get him make his debut on a cincy slang and podcast entity not the podcast but maybe like a maybe an x.com you know set the bar set the bar low i am trying to find some lower level tickets for the game against stetson it's harder harder than it harder than uh, i thought it would be if there's anyone who listens to the podcast who has season tickets, lower bowl, Hummer's trying to take his lovely wife to a Bearcat game. Stetson, what's the gate? Is that 22nd? Yeah. All right. Surely, surely there's someone out there listening to this podcast. Lower bowl, who's not going, who's traveling for the holidays. You need a loud, rabid fan in your seats. Hummer's your guy. And I promise you, his wife, just as rabid. So enjoy it. Um, We'll get you some ticks on. That's going to happen. All right. Let's well, end it there, my friend. I'm feeling good. Cheers, Bearcat fans. This is truly a great time to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. It's a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat. Hummer, can you see my video? No. Okay. It, it cut out about 10 minutes ago. It's fantastic. Have a good day, buddy. <laughs> it's all right. Good. Cheers. <laughs>